Thank you for choosing to listen to the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. In a really amazing selection of other podcasts indicative of the recruitment market and the business market, for whatever reason you're listening now, we just want to say thank you for choosing us. We couldn't do this without our sponsor and our partners. We're going to talk about them a little bit later on in the show, but thank you to Pager, our sponsors, and our partners, Inclusion Crowd and Needy. And without further ado, let's jump in to get to know this week's guest. This next guest is absolutely formidable in what she's achieved, both in her business life as an entrepreneur and mentor and coach, but also her social enterprise. This is Jane Kenyon, who is the head girl of Girls Out Loud, a social enterprise designed specifically to target young girls aged 12 to 13 to empower them to become aspirational future leaders and successful in their own lives. During this episode, we talk about what impact the last decade has had on young people. It's catastrophic what they've gone through, particularly since COVID. And it's important to contextualise why we're having this conversation. Because as you're listening now as a recruiter or as a recruitment leader or employer, this is your future talent pool we're talking about. These 12 to 15-year-olds are going to be in the world of work in the next few years. And you need to understand the world that they inhabit because it is very different from the one that you've grown up in. Trust me on that. If you're under the age of 25, you are going to need to understand what these young people are going through. So Jane talks to us about the Big Sister programme. She talks about the uh, the relay of role models that I was involved with and how you can get involved as an employer, as a recruiter, or just as a human being. We also talk about whether Boys Out Loud is going to become a thing too. You might wonder why I've invited Jane on because she's not a recruitment leader, but she's a leader. She's an entrepreneur and she's the most inspiring human being. And I know that by the end of this, you're going to be clicking on how you can get involved to help our future talent pool and to help these young people. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. We are so proud at the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast to be sponsored by Pager. Pager helps recruiters to build personal brands, to identify new business opportunities, to attract those hard-to-find candidates, and to basically have better conversations. Now, you will have a large network that you want to build credibility with on LinkedIn, and sometimes posting content every day feels impossible. Now, that changes once you have Pager. Pager provides you with the ideas, the content, and the scheduling capability to produce daily content to build out your own personal brand in minutes and for business development too. Pager identifies companies that are advertising jobs, have key hiring indicators such as funding rounds, mergers, acquisitions or senior appointments and then alerts you to this daily Pager also enables you to write candidate-centric job adverts without bias in seconds. So once you advertise your job, Pager will then automatically create a branded post and publish it to LinkedIn without you even having to lift a finger. So when you want to actively source candidates, you can create complex Boolean strings in seconds. All you need to do is to provide the job title and location. 
Now, Pager is making thousands and thousands of recruiters smarter and faster. For more information, click on the link pager.co to book your demo. And remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when inquiring. Now, back to the episode. This is Leisha Holmes, and I'm your host on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. And I am so excited for today's guest. It's only taken me about two years to get her on. <laughs> and the reason that it's taken that long is because this next guest is the most formidable force on a subject and a matter that is, on a personal level, very important to me but it's something that I really want to get our audience and our community behind as well, because I think within your my listeners here, there is definitely going to be at least one person that can get involved in what my next guest is going to talk about. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome today, Jane Kenyon, who is the most amazing woman, speaker, entrepreneur, author, and head girl at Girls Out Loud. And no, not Girls Aloud, Girls Out Loud. Girls Out Loud, it's not Cheryl Cole. It's not Cheryl Cole that I'm talking to. This no. is Jane Kenyon. Jane so lovely to see you once again please for those who are not yet familiar with you please Mm -hmm. introduce yourself and what you do okay so i am uh first and foremost a female champion secondly a serial entrepreneur um and uh, thirdly i spend most of my time now in my legacy project which is girls out loud and girls out loud is a social enterprise on a mission to raise the aspirations of teenage girls in the uk and beyond wherever we can And that sounds like a very simple task, doesn't it? Like just rolls off the tongue in one sentence, but it isn't because you can't really talk about aspirations until you've dealt with the bit that comes before that. And that's about believing in yourself. It's about confidence. Mm -hmm. It's about having some emotional resilience. It's about finding your gumption. It's about being more visible, putting your hand up more, saying yes to things. Um, It's about believing that you're already good enough and all of those things, when you get to 12, 13, you know, you're trying to manage all of that. Mm-hmm. So we deal with that first. We're about empowering them. And then they can come up with their own aspirations. And then we support them to do that. Yeah. I mean, what an amazing introduction. I could not have done that justice in any way, shape or form. And I beg anybody not to be covered in goosebumps right now when you made that introduction, because for me the social enterprise that is girls out loud is something that i want the whole world to know about because Mm -hmm. whether or not you get involved with this at the end of this podcast today guys we're definitely going to have all the links here for you or whether you just think about how you can impact young people that's it's so meaningful and you might wonder why i've asked jane onto our recruiters recruitment podcast but i think it's so important for us as recruiters and leaders to think about the next generation and to also contextualize we are in a talent short market diversity and inclusion is a massive topic for us right now in our industry and obviously how we then educate our uh, the, the sort of the hiring and employing you know population but yeah I think it's important for people to understand what young people are going through right now and I think we're recording this in 2023 certainly well I think we connected in 2020 by Nina Lockwood I think yes does uh and Nina's been on the podcast and she's a you know I've known Nina for over 20 years she's an amazing lady um just talk to us about what young people, particularly, you know, teenage girls, which obviously is what Girls Out Loud's about. What is this demographic actually experiencing in terms yeah. of what they're facing and where us as employees, we can start mm. to maybe think about their mindset before we even get to aspirations? Yeah, no, it's a great question. I mean, I've been working with teenage girls for 14 years and, you know, it, 
it's heartbreaking to think and to know and to see that we are going backwards. And so these girls and the boys are dealing with a brutal landscape. I mean, it is brutal. It's like nothing that we've ever seen. So the first thing, you know, we've got maybe five or six game changers that have come in in the past decade. Mm -hmm. And these things have shifted the landscape beyond our recognition. So the first thing is smart technology. And we're all addicted to smart technology, not just teenagers. We are as well. And obviously they're going to role model our behavior. But for them, that piece of kit, that that (laughs) smartphone is their world. It's their life. It's where they get all their cues from. It's where they get all their education from. It's how they communicate with each other, sat next to each other. They're still like Snapchatting each other. They don't speak. No. It's like a complete addiction and you'll know it's an addiction as a parent if you have attempted to take that phone off her Mm. so if you've used the phone as a kind of reward and punishment Mm. and you attempt to say right well I'm going to take that phone off you it is the most lethal thing that you can do so it is an absolute addiction and it's a 24 7 addiction so for us a lot of us if you're if you're like over 30 you know, when we went to school, we walked out of school at the school gates and we left it. Absolutely. Uh, and we had a different life, didn't we? We had different friends. We had different mm. activities. We mm. were outside. We were doing things. We were active. Yeah. And then we went back into school the following day and dealt with whatever was going on in school. Yeah. And I'm not saying that some of the things that are going on in school weren't going on for us because they were. But there is no escape no from escape. No escape whatsoever. So that's the first thing. All these things interconnect. So the second thing is we've mainstreamed porn. Now, we hate talking about this as adults, but it's the reality of the situation. So when we give we gave up that um, top shelf mentality around porn and we put it on the Internet, it became easy access. And so now the boys download porn, look at porn all day, every day. Why wouldn't they? Mm. Why wouldn't they? Yeah, if it's course. that easy it's to get, it's yeah. free. Yeah. Um, the boys in our year would be doing that if, if, if it was the same for of us. Of course. So that completely directs and informs their sex education. Mm. So they've already done all of that, know all of that before they get to secondary school when they get into secondary school it ramps up big time it becomes very scary Mm. so we're not talking about like like kind of soft porn neither we're talking hardcore Mm -hmm. Uh, so you know the boys like you know the latest thing that the girls are are, are worrying and reeling from is strangulation so you know the boys see this on porn they go oh hey that looks great i'll have a go of that and you know they're asking for imagery all the time they're they you know they want things they want the girls to do things that are just very very uncomfortable the girls do it because they want to be liked the girls see being a porn star as a glamour thing it's like been normalized by only fans only fans kind of thing so all these things connect so that that easy access porn happened in the past 10 12 years massive shift mm. the third thing is reality tv Mm. again these things connect because they watch that on the phone so they're very influenced by reality tv and you know reality tv has some really negative messages particularly for girls and this is girls because reality mm. tv targets girls between the age of 12 and 18 85 yep. percent of their audience is girls yeah are we talking about the love islands and the big absolutely brothers? the love island effect we call it yeah so all of those programs teach girls that their biggest impact and their biggest value is their appearance and that's how they get power 
because yeah. you yeah. watch Love Island, that's that's mm. where their yeah. collateral is. You know, it's all about how they look in a bikini and they compete with each other for the boy. So mm. it teaches them to compete. So if you get a group of girls together, they're pretty mean to each other, really mm. seriously mean. And I know there's always been mean girls, but this is really ramped up. And yeah. you can see that behavior and where it's come from, mm. um, you know, because they're aggressive. And yeah. it's like, that's okay to do that because they see mm. it play out on every single reality yeah. show. Um, so that's the third thing. The fourth thing is drug culture. So, you know, schools are, I describe secondary schools as like a nightclub. You can get yeah. any. Yeah, any you can vape, vape in the toilets, you a, can, bit, yeah. get I mean, a bit of cat in the playground. Absolutely. So, you know, it, it is, it's like a nightclub. So mm. you can get anything. And you can smell drugs in school. So you can smell pot, um, mm. you know, and that's kind of the, the tip of the iceberg. So we've got a serious drug culture. And the final thing, and this is probably in the past five or six years, is we've got a growth in far-right misogyny going on in schools, which, again, is very scary. Very so scary. I call that the Andrew Tate effect. So a lot of the boys... Um, are being groomed through gaming technology through these really powerhouse men that mm. are misogynist and they start talking to them on the games and you know they're and it goes from there and so the boys are watching stuff on youtube that tells them that they should be controlling girls that girls are secondary to them that you need to watch out because women are after our jobs and women should stay at home and the jobs are ours and you know they have all these wow. sites that they use and they're really seriously aggressive towards the girls so the girls are dealing with that so you think about that landscape you know you're trying to get through all of that the very last thing you're concerned about is your options mm. or your aspirations because you're trying to navigate navigate all it, of do you know everything you've just described it sounds like some kind of dystopian tv show on netflix like you yeah. ever seen the power or read the power no no haven't. oh my god well it's uh, uh, not i can't think of the surname it's it's an amazing um yeah. production tony collects yeah. the main, the main yeah. protagonist in it oh, and right. you've just yeah. described yeah. a dystopian future but the reality is and i know this is a parent of teenage girls and if anyone's listening with teenage girls what you've just described is their reality and so yeah, when you that you then add on well you haven't you know you've not got your uniform on you've not turned up on time you've not put giving your homework and they're a bit like are you, yeah, are you kidding me I'm dealing absolutely. with Armageddon here absolutely absolutely and there's no understanding of that neither there's it's like the education system hasn't caught up with I was just about thing. we've got a real dichotomy haven't we with where mm-hmm. every, where their life has literally gone fast forward 10 years yeah and then the education system still how it was when I was at school in the 80s absolutely absolutely and the same, worse, same subjects same yeah subjects. even worse post-covid because most of them are still trying to deal with what they've lost mm-hmm. so you know even if they were academic doing okay they're not now because they lost two years of their education they lost two years of their emotional development so they've also got this issue that they are not very good at moderating their emotions so they go from naught to to 100 in literally that yeah you know the the mental the mental health sort of for me the mental health impact on teenage girls and boys Mm. i think was possibly the greatest tragedy of covid and i'm not disregarding anybody that suffered and and had the consequences of the terrible things that happened or the economic consequence but actually you know they were all you know locked in when they should be out developing and independent and Mm. hanging out together and they were literally on the very the very first one that you said that social media the technology they had that that was their only way of communicating with anybody for two years now they really struggled to shift out of that because they were already addicted to that let's be fair Mm. so these things were already going on and now they're really struggling to shift out of it so the our mental health stats 
for teenage girls are horrific horrific yeah. i mean you've got at least one in four girls self-harming before they leave school that stat the last stat of that was 2019 most people that work with young girls will tell you that's probably now two in four yeah um we've got the highest rates of depression and social anxiety we've ever seen ever beyond seen. since we started keeping records yeah. we've got girls having panic attacks most days we've got internal truancy on the rise we've got girl exclusions on the rise we've got mm. ghost children we call them that we never see so they never even show up to school nobody knows where they are and um, that's happens post-covid um, if you take a group of girls a cohort of girls of tw 20 girls 40 percent of them will have some sort of mental health issue going on mm. And, that, and that's the reality. And 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 I know people might, st uh, if you are still listening and you understand why we're talking about this, because mm. it's going to impact every single person, whether you're a parent or not, whether you employ young people or not, because this is your future talent pool. And that's why we have to talk about this in the context of recruitment, because mm. we have it in our power to try and empower these young people. Mm -hmm. We're, I'm not suggesting, I mean, I do actually really advocate the mental health first aid. I think that every employer should be forced to do it. I think it should be yeah. obligatory. I yeah. think it should be taught in schools but so I mean that's actually it's quite a depressing landscape Jane yeah. it yeah, really it is, is. Yeah, it is. but we can change scary. it but we can change, we it. Can change it we can we change can. it we can change it you know we are changing it I sort of talk about that we can change the world one girl at a time because when mm. when she's empowered she'll empower her friends absolutely She'll empower a village, a community. Yes. So, you know, it's important that we don't get lost in all of this and go, oh, well, it's just useless. It's hopeless. That, it's really not. Like, I it's agree. Really not. Because when you like. go into schools and you work with these girls, so there are two groups of girls that we work with in schools. Okay. We work with the very, very vulnerable girls, the girls that are falling through the cracks, the girls that are about to be permanently excluded, the girls that have got the most chaotic home lives, you wonder how they even get out of home mm. in the morning. Um, you know, the girls that have probably got DV in their household, they've got they've had abuse in their household. Um, you know, the girls that are like their behavior is off the scale because they're in pain and they don't know how to articulate yeah. it. Yeah. So we work with those girls. We have a team of professional coaches that go in and do emotional interventions with those girls. And that's big work. Mm. Um, and then we have another program that works with girls that, that are in the middle because the biggest group of girls in most schools are the middle girls and the middle girls are neither those girls I've just mentioned nor either the gifted and talented girls at the top so the gifted and talented girls at the top get pitched by every big company to go and do internships and you know sponsor their university place and they're academically incredibly bright and they're very engaged and the teachers love them and they put their hand up in class and they love studying brilliant and mm -hmm. um, the rest of the girls sit in the middle and they're neither of these groups and they just cruise and they don't quite know where their place is and they know they don't fit into either of these groups and so they try and behave badly to get a bit of attention it doesn't work <laughs> yeah um, you know they're lost they're lost girls and mm -hmm. when I first started working with the girls in Girls Out Loud I was working with those extreme girls and the more and more I went into schools the more I saw this middle group mm. and I thought oh, god you know I was a middle girl I was definitely mm. a middle girl um and you know the middle girls are either painfully shy um are underachieving purposefully because it's not cool to be seen not as cool not yeah, yeah. Cool. and that mm. was where I was mm. um or they're kind of a little bit gobby but, you know, in the wrong way, they're not channeling it. Mm. Right? I call those mm. And when I talked to the school about those girls, they, they had they would group them, which mm. mortified me. So they would say, yeah. yeah, I know you're talking about you're talking about the gray girls. 
Oh, I know you're talking about the invisibles, aren't you? Or oh. the wallflowers. And they all have these different names. And the more names Awful. they gave me, the more convinced I was that I needed to do something. You need to do something the worst about one I ever it. heard. And I came back from the meeting and I said to my husband, I need to develop something for these girls because I cannot, I cannot compute what this school's just told me. I said, you know, I talked about these girls, you know, these middle girls, the ones that are like really hiding their light. You know, they, sh they should be like, brilliant right bright and going for it you know but they're you know they're really hiding the light and she said to me oh yeah yeah you mean the radiators and I said to her I don't understand what you mean and she said well you know they're in the room and they're switched on but nobody notices them and I was mortified. Yeah, that's really sad that's yeah. so sad isn't it yeah that's doing something no. so Within six months, I'd set up the Big Sister program. And the Big Sister program is a way that I could harness all these amazing women in my network because I've been working with women for 30 years. So previous to Girls Out Loud, I had an organization that exclusively coached and inspired women. And so I had this fantastic network and I thought, I've got to get these women into schools. So I already had that network. So I went out to those women and said, this is what I want to do. I'm going to train you to be a mentor. You're going to work with the girl for 12 months on a one-to-one. -one. You'll also have a great peer group. You'll also get the development because it's a parallel journey. You know, you can't inspire uh, somebody else. You can't kind of like encourage them to be more confident and to find their voice and to empower them if it doesn't reflect back on you and you're not doing it. And so I set up the first Big Sister program like 12 years ago and we've been doing that ever since. That is really our flagship program. It really is. And and having been part of your... Um, speed dating. Speed you dating. <laughs> speed mentoring. Speed, yeah, speed was, mentoring, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, and you know, I, and I am going to talk about my experience because I think mm. people trust me. You know, people, if you're listening now, you've probably been listening since the start of the show, which we started in 2020. And, you know, Jane and I have been talking on and off for years. And I, I have to say it was early on this year in 2023. Mm. It was at a, a secondary school in, um, I think it was East Manchester. And I turned up on the day and there was... A, you know a room full of all these amazing women there were firefighters there were doctors there were vets there were school teachers there were a real plethora really mm -hmm. diverse set of um of, of women who were all there to understand more about the big sister program and um obviously then the girls were brought in and they were all like you say aged between i think it was 12 and 14 yeah year eight and you know i would not have blanketed them as one name i would not have called them the invisible group i think i met there were you know we we obviously then go around the tables and yes. we have a conversation with them yeah. and there were two girls in particular that really stood out and actually they were they were both one was very quiet very very shy and she yeah. was so determined she was going to become a vet Oh, like bless. nobody in her house bless. worked nobody yeah. in her house worked yeah. she was the eldest sister I think of five and I was like I'm the eldest of five so we got we really connected yeah. on that level yeah yeah and I was like why do you want to become a vet and she and she she loves animals and she was she was working hard at school but she yeah. had what actually came out in that very brief conversation in fact I didn't actually end up speed dating so I ended up just talking to her for about yeah. 15 minutes yeah is that she had nobody to talk to at home yeah. nobody had worked at home and it's quite a traditional um Muslim family and nobody works at home and she said I don't know who to ask oh. and, I, and we ended up finding out that her her auntie's best friend actually did work I can't remember what she, she worked in a shop but she worked and I said yeah. right she's who you go and talk to yeah um and then there was another young lady that I that I really felt some some really strong connection to because you could just see she just she was so I think intimidated by a lot of the girls because there were some real strong personalities around the table. Um, and it just made me, it really hit home that this is our future as a, as a world. These yeah. are our young people that 
we have to do more to help and the big yeah. sister program is something that for you if you're listening to this now and you have is it an hour a month jane yeah so we do what what you did was a role model relay so we get That's a whole it. year together first up first off and we do this speed mention with them with them a group of amazing women amazing. So volunteers to do that that's that's two hours and then the big sister program we say it's about 30 hours a year so you're going to go into school for an hour a month to see your little sister um you go in with us everything's you know managed you don't go in yeah. on your own yeah. uh, we're there to support you um and then we train you up front about 14 hours one full day one three hour session before we go in and we also do workshops over the year. So there are three workshops, two hour workshops that we ask you to attend with your little sister on things like social media, body confidence, relationships, mental health, mindfulness, um, risk, using your voice, these kind of subjects. And then we have a launch in the school for two hours and then we graduate you at the end. And the graduation at the end, we take you out for a day. We take the girls out of school. They go to an inspirational place usually a university campus or a sixth form campus uh we pamper them in the morning so they get their hair done and their nails done or whatever um and then they they the big sisters arrive and we all have lunch together and then some of their parents might arrive and then we go into like an informal ceremony and we ask each big and little sister to stand up in front of everybody and give their testimony what have they learned and there is never a dry eye in the house i have to say anyone that knows me off camera yeah I've, I've actually got quite a hard heart I've already yeah. cried but yeah. I've just welled yeah. up in my throat yeah. and there is a film of the late one of the last uh, graduations on the website from uh, co-op academy Manchester and I honestly there's some of the girls on there that when we first met them wouldn't even look at you through their hair they were that shy yeah, yeah. and they're stood up in front of people talking and crying about how they know that they're now good enough and how they know that they can be this and that and the other and it's amazing yeah. it's an amazing um thing to see it is an amazing thing to see that actually that is the change we can change we can uh, make an impact you know we can sort of see those differences but what's really important when you're a big sister is you see what they're managing you see what they're dealing with and I imagine as any employer um, it helps you understand when they come to you, the position that they come to you in, mm. the things that they have had to see through. Yeah, of course. How resilient they are. You know, we talk about young people being flaky today, but you know what? They, the stuff they they're have working through. I, I have to oh. say that the word I often use is fortitude. Mm. Um, and I think that any any young person that can navigate and has navigated yeah. the last yeah. few years and still has that little bit of fire left in them yeah. we can save them and we can yeah. help them save themselves Absolutely. i want to ask you a question what and, yeah. and i'm not blowing smoke up here because i know that you have yeah, asked yeah. me and I, and I really will commit to this i'm going yes. to commit to it yeah what do you look for in a big sister okay so i uh, really big sisters identify themselves okay? okay so if you put your hand up for it in the same way that if the girl puts her hand up for it so in the event that you were in we ask them don't we we say who wants a big sister and you see most of the girls in the room put their hand up yeah. so the same thing's happening to big sisters so um you know i'm looking for minimum age of 23 because mm. i think you have to have some life experience mm. okay i don't want you to be too close in age to them i want you to have gone out got a job done what you need to do yeah um i want you to be comfortable in your own skin 
By that, I mean, I don't want you to be going out for Botox at lunchtime. I don't want you, you not liking yourself. Because if you don't like you, what messages are you sending to them? So I think you need to be comfortable in your own skin. You have to be proud of where you are. You have to be able to talk with passion and pride and purpose about what you do. So let's say you're in a job you hate Mm. and you're whining about that. Again, not a good message. So, you know, you need to be on the way doing something that you love. Yeah. And then you need to commit to the process. That's it. That's it. That's it. So most sisters identify themselves. I was going to say, I mean, and that, you know, I want you to, if you're listening to this now, I want you to put your hand up and I want you to connect to Jane. And obviously you're put in touch with with the membership people. Um, it's just the most incredible thing because what you said at the very start is that we each have it in the power to help one person we do. because then we're creating a cascade effect that's what we're doing we're empowering these young people they are not lost no it's the ripple effect lost. isn't it it's it like is. a movement really I talk about what we're doing as a movement yeah. because you see it because you see when one girl changes her peer group changes and you also see the culture shift in the school so we're lucky that well we created our own luck to be fair I don't believe in luck but yeah. when we're in a school we tend to stay in it yeah. because of our impact so that yeah. means that we are shifting the culture of that school about girls mm. so the girls that have been through the program mm. we say to them you are now have a responsibility to be a role model to another girl yeah I mean and I have to say that was one thing that really stood out from the minute I walked in the school that all the teaching staff really wanted us there it was like there was a red carpet a a virtual red carpet like we were we were celebrities and it was a bit like whoa but obviously it was a school that had done it for many years and they were so from every person that I met they just loved us being there before we finish Jane yes talk all day I have to ask you and whether you're happy to answer this question will there ever be and is there a boys out loud okay so I've been asked that all my all my uh, times doing this and uh, my answer has always been um I'm a girl I'm passionate about girls um girls need equity which they haven't got so girls are so way behind boys in everything yeah Mm -hmm. so until that changes my priority will always be the girls however Mm -hmm. there is a little caveat to that at the moment and that is this whole whole issue around misogyny which I can't ignore no can't ignore it because it's now impacting the girls so I see it in school I see the aggression Mm -hmm. I've been in several situations where a boy walked in the classroom and abused a girl in front of me. Um, I've seen girls not reporting because they don't bother because nothing happens. Exactly what we do, by the way. We don't report it because it doesn't happen. We're not calling it out because nothing happens. So I am currently developing an anti-misogyny charter for schools. And in that charter, there will be support and workshops for boys and girls um, and boys and girls together. together and boys need men to tell them and talk to them about this not me um not not women so you know I'm currently recruiting a couple of awesome men to work with us to go in with us so that we go into this group a bit like the role model relay big group and we split the girls and the boys off and they go off and do their own stuff around what's this what's that respect then we bring them back together and say what have you learned about each other Um, and then we build in some targets and impact data in the school to make sure that they eradicate this behavior because at the moment they don't know what to do with it and they're not doing anything and you know a few schools are saying to us you know can you help can you help don't know what to do Uh, my my issue at this point with this program is who funds it Mm. 
always about money. I spend most of my time searching for money, which is so important. So were you funded by private sector? No, we're funded. I fund us. I go you, out and raise money. You go out and raise okay. money. So in the past sort of 14 years, I have raised £2 million to make this business run. So what can our listeners do to get involved with fundraising? Yeah. So anything you want to do. So we have just given, we have donates on our site. We've got a just giving page on our site. You can go and do anything. Right. But well, to be a big links. sister, mm. it's a spon- you sponsor yourself or your company sponsors you to be a big sister. Right. So that's how we fund that program. Ah. So it's currently £1,250 to step up and be a big sister. That mm. pays for all your training, your coach supervision, everything. So it's £200 a month about approximately. And it's a personal development program. Where are you going to get that? Let so, me tell you, you, it's going to cost you a dance. You're not going to get, get it. That. Yeah. So wow. that's how we fund the Big Sister okay. program. And then the Stardom program, we've got a crowdfunder out at the moment for the next one. So I'll get, I'll send you that link. Oh, definitely. Um, so we're trying to raise 25 grand in the next eight weeks for that. Uh, we get lots of donations from companies. People mm-hmm. donate for us around International Women's Day. Uh, we do social media campaigns with people. So we've, we've got fingers in lots of pies, but Good. we have to fund every but, single penny. But there will be so many people listening that a lot of our clients and a lot of our listeners, they take on a charity for, yeah. for a year. They, yeah. know, they want to raise yeah. money. And recruiters yeah. are very competitive. We're very much about outcomes. So <laughs> if you yeah. want to connect to Jane from a fundraising point of view, if you maybe don't have time to commit to the Big yeah. Sister program, yeah. but you want to get involved in a fundraising way, it's meaningful. You've heard where the money goes. Mm-hmm. Please connect to Jane and please mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast in any of this dialogue because then Jane will know yes, that it's been worthwhile sharing yeah. this. Oh my God, Jane. I mean, you just need, you are the savior of girls. <laughs> and the people that work with you, you've got an amazing team as well. Big shout out to your team and just mm-hmm. to anybody that has at any point been involved in this program thank you as a mother of two teenage girls I know how important and vital this is for our future as an economy and as a as a, as a race as a human yeah, race you know absolutely. thank you Jane thank well, you thank so you much for giving me the opportunity and I will send you some links that you can use in yeah, terms of being a patient we'll make sure that's shared thank you for joining yeah. us Jane oh, no problem speak to you soon my dear okay Take care. Lots bye, of love. bye. The Recruiters Recruitment Podcast is thrilled to be partnering with Inclusion Crowd. Inclusion Crowd put the D into diversity, but do it disruptively. We love that. Really reflecting what we're about. I was introduced to Inclusion Crowd back in 2020, and I've been absolutely blown away with what they're doing to totally transform the recruitment and hiring sector. They believe at Inclusion Crowd that companies should be reflective of society and that no matter who you are listening now, you have a story to tell. You have a contribution to make. An Inclusion Crowd educates you in allowing your voice to come out and share that story, but doing it in a way that educates your colleagues and your customers equally. Inclusion Crowd like the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast, has clients all over the world and they specialise in our industry. What we all want to do together is to maintain best practice and to raise industry standards to enable us to attract and retain the best talent, but doing so inclusively and with true diversity. By doing this, by accomplishing a true EDI policy within your business, you will also retain the top talent as well as attract new talent, which is a win-win for everybody listening, making more profitable business and a much 
better industry, higher regard, highly regarded. Inclusion Crowd are also the official awarding body for the Inclusion and Diversity Certification Mark within recruitment. We are so proud to be assisting and partnering Inclusion Crowd. If you want to know more information, please click on the link in this episode and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when you do so. Now, back to the episode. We are so proud to be partners of Needy, the gifting revolution. Here at Key Recruitment, we absolutely love to send out bespoke gifts to our new place candidates to welcome them in their new jobs, but also as an extra special thank you to clients or when a team is celebrating something really special. But to be honest, we were really fed up with dull or mediocre gifts that you could just buy on the high street that didn't really reflect who we are at Key Recruitment as a business. This is why we chose Needy. Needy source sustainably from the UK's best independent businesses, offering the most perfect array of bespoke gifts and experiences too. So no more boring bottles of plonk or rubbish boxes of chocolates. This is how you make your customers day with a gift that really matters and shows that you really want to do something special for them. For more information on how psychology and AI forming to make the best gift experience for you, click on the link and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when ordering. Now, back to the episode. 